Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. Well, say to the person next to you, the Holy Spirit has more for you. You know, those just aren't empty words at all. The Holy Spirit really has much, much, much more for you. You know, I got saved a long time ago, 43, knocking on 44 years ago. Um, But I tell you what, every day, every year, every season of my life, there's been growth, there's been development. And looking back now, 43 years, 44 years, there's been growth. And the reason why there's been growth is because I've hung out in God's presence and it's like every day I've wanted to learn more about him. And because of that, there's been like an osmosis, there's been a change taking place in this mortal temple of me. And there's been a development and expanding because I've discovered there's more and more and more of God for us. And that applies to us as an individual but I also believe that it applies to us as a church. And um, it's a journey. Always will be a journey. Um, there's always going to be more revelation. There's always going to be more anointing. There's always going to be more faith, more grace. And I believe there's going to be more and more gifting for each of us. There's a growth. There's a development. Pastor James last week was talking about the minners. You know, we know the parable about how Jesus required much from his servants. And some were incredibly diligent and some were pretty casual. Some had an incredible dividend and some were compromising what God called them to do. And I believe that even as we step out in obedience, one hearing God's word and growing in God, there's going to be an incredible multiplication of what God gives to us. James talked clearly about last week how each of us are going to have to stand before God one day and give an account for our lives. And Pastor James brought a word that was very clear. It was very specific. It was very, it was like punching you on the end of the nose. But thing is, as pastors, we're responsible for the sheep that God gives us. And we're going to have to stand before God one day and he's going to ask us heavy-duty questions. And the challenge is, you know, an ongoing one. You know, so we want to be able to maximise the potency of the people in the pews. We want to be able to mobilise and challenge and uh, stir up everything that God has called you to do and be. Not just to prepare you, but to release you to change your world, as the prophetic words we're talking about this morning. So it's a growth for us. Uh, He wants to expand us. He wants to develop us. Um, And I believe that even listening to Pastor James' word last week, how do you grow the minnows? You know, um, how do you develop the dividend that God has given to us? And I really believe, one, it is through obedience. As we listen to him and obey him, stepping out in faith, as we talked about in the prophetic words this morning, things will happen. And I believe one of the most exciting things in my 43 years looking back now is the fact that God wants to grow 
our spiritual portfolio. By growing our spiritual portfolio, I believe it's like he wants to grow the giftedness within us. God gives us supernatural gifting, not just so we can have warm fuzzies and appreciate, you know, all the the good things. He wants us to do something with the gifts that he gives us. And so I believe that what God is doing, he's actually um, growing and developing giftedness within each of us. And he just doesn't want it to limit that to one gift. He, it's like there's more in God always. There's more and more and more and more and more. And so what's happening now, there's a season where God is just expanding this incredible diversity of his people and the uniqueness of the giftedness within each person here. God has birthed you for a reason, for a purpose. You know, James gave an illustration about the extension lead last week with a small little bit in the middle. You know, life is incredibly long. It's like a radar scope, you know, where there's just a blip, bang, and then it disappears. Our life is incredibly short, but how do we maximize that blip on the radar scope of life? And I believe as we listen to him and step out in him with the giftedness that God gives us, we can see incredible things that take that can take place. So if you've got your Bible this morning, uh, how about flicking back to the Old Testament, Jeremiah, Jeremiah 1. Not many people want to read Jeremiah because he went through all sorts of problems, but uh, I tell you what, he came out with some heavy GD words for us. And Jeremiah 1 verse 4 says this, the Lord gave me this message, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were yet born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet to the nations. What an amazing thing. God is clearly saying, hey, Jeremiah, before you were even conceived in your mother's womb, I saw you. I just didn't see you. I had a purpose and a plan for you. And you were going to be a spokesman, not just to this nation, but to the nations of the world. Gratefully, we can actually look back. It's actually from generation to generation to generation. The revelation that God gave one man is still affecting us now. God has created not only Jeremiah, I believe, in his mother's womb for a purpose. Each of us in this congregation and each person listening on the podcast, God has created you with incredible intent for purpose and for reason. And so how do we capture the potency of this person that God is preparing in our mother's wombs? It's a journey. We are each unique some of us are probably a little bit more unique than others. Uh, some are more um, special than others. But we're all custom-made by God. You know, I don't know if any of, one of you have done pottery. You know, I used to do it in kindergarten all those years ago. You know, I used to get some mud and sort of try and do some things. But it says this in Isaiah 64 and verse 8. And yet, O Lord, you are the father and we are the clay. You are the potter and we are all formed by your hand. You know, we were created in our mother's womb, but I believe God the Father is creating us like pottery. And when you make pottery, it's not like an injection molding. Someone's left communion here on this pulpit. You know, this is a little plastic cup. These are all injection made, and they're all the same. You know, very similar. They all look the same. But when we make pottery, each pottery vessel is unique. They may be similar, but they are all unique. 
And I believe that there's a process that goes on where the clay is pushed and kneaded and moisture goes into it and there's a preparation, there's a spinning that goes on. And that doesn't take, take, take place quickly, it seems to take place for a period of time. And the, the potter's hand is on the clay and he's actually shaping it. It's like the thumbprint of God is on our life as he's spinning us through this crazy world but something's been formed in our life for a purpose. You know, um, if you were to make a cup, you know, it's there for a reason. It's not generally designed as a decoration. A cup is designed for purpose. It's designed to be filled with something. Each of us here has been crafted and made and shaped, but God wants to pour himself into the cup of our life. The Spirit of God needs to rise up and fill the vessel of our life. But more importantly, he doesn't just want to fill this cup, this vessel, so it's full. He wants us to use the cup. People have to come and drink from our life and draw from our life. It's a process, it's a journey. Last Christmas, I thought, what do I get for my wife as a gift? And she normally goes out and buys pretty much what she wants anyway. And I find out, find out about it when I see the visa bill. And I thought, well, she's got all these things. She's got all the knickknacks and all the bits and pieces. I know what I'll get her, something she's never got before, a fishing rod. <laughs> she needs a fishing rod. Now, how disappointed would I be if the fishing rod stayed in the garage, collecting dust and cobwebs? I'd be mortified, wouldn't I? So I've given this wonderful gift to my wife, for a purpose. And hopefully one day, she'll take that rod and she'll go out wisely and get many fish, not one fish. She'll get big fish, not small fish. Thing is, I know my daughters and my son-in-laws have seen this rod, you know, and they're coveting. They want to use what Chris has actually got for her life. Um, that'll probably happen if she doesn't use it. Um, but I use that as an illustration. There is giftedness out there for each of us. And we may not have a gift or we may not have something, but there's no reason why God won't actually let us have something like that. And it's the same with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's many gifts. There's lots of gifts. But there's more for us to reach out and grab hold on. You know, I wasn't prophesying um, for the first 20 years of my Christian experience. And then I'm seeing all these people in the church get up and prophesy. I'm thinking, well, they must be special people. And then I think, man, why can't I do that? And long story short, I reached out for that gift. And all of a sudden, it's like I'm prophesying all the time these days. There was a growth. There was a development. This church is a vessel that's fashioned and shaped by God, faith point. And we realize that there's a mandate on the church. And there's a foundation that God has laid. He saw this church before this church was even in existence. It's like the Jeremiah situation. There was a formation going on. And the Lord has spoken to the leadership about the church that it has to be based on three pillars. And one of those three pillars is Ascension Ministries. That's the fivefold ministries, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, the prophet, and the apostle. And that's going to be a strength of this church. 
We will never be apologetic about it. It's just the way the church is designed by God. It's his architecture going on. This church is always going to have a heart for the nations. It won't just be have a heart for the nations. We're going to have feet that go everywhere into the nations of the world. Doors are opening up. Windows are opening up. Um, and the nations are coming to us, so we'll have local missions here as well. Um, it's exciting. But there's also a third pillar that the church is building itself on, and that's the Holy Spirit and the empowerment of the saints. And so what we see, not just the Holy Spirit, but the empowerment of the saints. And I believe as we unzip that, it's like each of us are designed to be filled with this Holy Spirit, but they're gifts within each person that God has specifically and intentionally um, positioned and is raising up. The scary thing, what has happened in the church, the enemy has somehow blocked the saints from doing what they're called to do. And it's like we're, putting, we're being put on the shelf. You know, you could have the best pottery design manufacturer in the world and it will be limited to what it could be done with long term. If the vessels were just shoved on the shelf, they would be no good at all. That is, they're not decorations, they're designed for purpose. You know, Crown Lynn um, is in New Zealand. You know, we've got a lot of local um, earthenware vessels. We go to uh, England and there's Royal Dalton. Royal Dalton has obviously got lots of china and porcelain and ceramic things which they create. And each of those products has actually got a seal on. This is the Royal Dalton seal. It gives us like a, a mark of authenticity of truth. And I've been praying with people a lot this year, and it's like I've seen in the spirit like the thumbprint of God put on people's lives. It's like the master's seal of approval, not just the thumbs up. There's actually like an imprint of the Lord on people's lives. And it's just not the ceramic things that we have in our life. Next slide there, Sue. You know, we, we've got fancy bits and pieces. You know, like you, you think of the Ming vases and the, the Royal Dalton and all that. This guy on the screen here is my great-grandfather, Charles Richardson. He was a nobody, but he was very creative. He was born in the heart of the Industrial Revolution in uh, the United Kingdom. And what he did, he started an incredibly large brickworks, you know, where they go to the mouth of the Thames and they'll get all the silt and all the rubbish that had flown down the, uh, flooded down the, the Thames, and he did something with it. And he created this incredibly vast um, brickworks. And they would take this mud and this rubbish, and they would turn it into something of use. They made millions and millions and millions and millions of bricks for London, you know, for all the factories and the sewer and the railway and all that. And it wasn't just bricks. He started to create cement and a processing of cement. He was a self-made man. And it was a journey that he was on. But I say this for a reason. A lot of people think, I am nobody. God will never use me. He can't use me. Here this guy who was a nobody, he took an idea and he developed it. He took the rubbish, the silt from the London Thames, and he did something with it. He did more than that. He actually took the rubbish from London and they used to barge it all the way down the Thames, and they used to use that rubbish for the kilns and the fires for um, making the bricks. And he would also take the potash and all the chimney ash from this 
all these chimneys in London, and they'd use it in the, in the brick-making process. And it'd also take all the, the dung and all the straw, because they had lots of uh, horses and uh, carts and all that sort of stuff in London, and they'd use all this rubbish for purpose. God will use the rubbish in your life for purpose. And there's an amalgamation of all the stuff that's going on. The potter with the wheel, there's this process going on, the this, this spinning going on. God is preparing you for a purpose and for a reason. God really does want to maximize each of us in this auditorium. He wants to do something with us. He wants to expand us in God. Why? Because the minnows that God is looking to develop is part of this development. It says this in 2 Timothy 1 and verse 6 and 7. He said, this is Paul speaking to Timothy. He said, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift which God has given you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given you the spirit of fear, but, the, but of power and of love and of sound mind. What an incredibly clear word. You know, Paul said, stir up the gift that is within you. So what actually happened, it's like Paul came along, laid hands on Timothy, and there was an impartation of something. And so Timothy probably appreciated that. But then Paul said, hey, you've got to stir up what is given to you. You know, there was an impartation as I laid hands upon you. The anointing of God came on you for a reason. You've got to stir that up. You've got to use that, not just to feel good, but to do something with it. And so there's a development that goes on. It says this in 1 Peter 4 verse 10. He said, God has given each of you a gift from the great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself is speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Well, do it with all the strength and all the energy that God supplies. Very clear again. God has given each of us at least one supernatural gift. My question this morning is, do you know what that gift is? Are you developing that gift? Are you growing that gift? Are you using that gift? Only you can answer that question. But I think God's going to say at the end of time, he's going to say, hey, I gave you that gift. Did you ever use it? It's like that minna. Did you ever use it? Did you, did you use it with purpose and intent? Hopefully the answer will be yes. It has to be yes. You know, as a young believer, I got saved in the charismatic renewal and things were happening. But generally I realized as a young Christian that the first gift that people normally express was obviously speaking in tongues. The charismatic church and people spoke, spoke in tongues. And I really desperately wanted to speak in tongues. It didn't happen for probably 12 weeks of my spiritual existence, you know, my newborn spiritual existence. And then out of desperation one day, crying out on a motorbike between um, 510 Queen Street and Parakai Hot Pools in, in uh, Helensville, I started to speak in tongues. And it was one or two words. But that was a supernatural sovereign gift. It wasn't just one or two words. Looking back now, there's a whole vocabulary that God has given me, you know. And there's a flow. And as I've grown in God and developed the gift, it's actually not one language. There's many languages. Sometimes I'm praying for people in a decision and it seems to be one different, uh, I birthed a new language. Um, and I don't sort of try and process what's been said or understand the, the, the dialogue. I just step out and speak in that unknown language. 
I think God's saying to us, the church, speak again. We need to stir up the, the heavenly languages within each of us. Why? Because there's a potency and power. Why did Jesus say to his disciples, don't leave Jerusalem until you receive power from on high? They could have gone off and done all sorts of crazy things they would have done, but they wouldn't have done it without God's anointing and power in their life. There's something incredibly, I was going to say mystical. Um, there's something beyond comprehension about speaking in tongues. It's a supernatural potency beyond description. And I think we need to, need to stir that up in our lives. We have to grow our spiritual portfolio. Um, what would you like to do? Would you like to prophesy? I know a number of us here do. But maybe that's something that can be developed and step forth. Maybe one or two words of the prophetic, then all of a sudden it's sentences and whole paragraphs, then all of a sudden, you know, there's just an overflow of that. But God has given each of us a gift for a reason. At least one gift. We have to recognize it. We've got to use it. You know, one of the most disappointing things that I've got as a father is a garage full of toys and push bikes. My kids were given gifts. They would use some of them. But I've still got a garage with push bikes in. You know, I wish those gifts would be used more and more. You know, they kids have grown up and left home now and they've got their own houses. Maybe I should just deposit them on the front lawns. But the uh, thing is, God gives us each gifts. And as I've prayed for people, um, not only here in the church this year, but as I've traveled in the nations of the world, God has given me fresh vision and, and fresh clarity um, as I've prayed for people. And what I've seen often when I've been praying for people at altar calls is like, God has given people like a quiver of arrows. You know, you know, the archer has a quiver for storing arrows in. And in each of those quivers, it's like there's a whole bunch of arrows. And as I've looked at the arrows, the arrows have got different arrow heads. And the Lord is saying, I want to give a different arrow and a different arrow head to this individual. And quite often, I would look at the arrow and on it would be the word wisdom. And it's like the Lord is saying, I want to give this person the gift of wisdom. And sometimes I'd look and I'd see the, the word faith. It's like God is giving this person the gift of faith. And I'd look again and someone's actually getting the gift of leadership. And someone would be getting the gift of healings. And it's like, whoa. And these arrows were deployed, they're released. And all of a sudden, the quiver isn't actually getting empty. All of a sudden, there's more and more arrows just reproducing there. There's a development. There's a, there's a multiplication of the giftedness that there is there. And there's many different style of arrows. If you, look, if you study arrows, there's, um, there's war heads for, um, you know, there's arrows for war. You, go, you fight the enemy. But there's also practice arrows. There's, there's uh, arrows that are used for hunting. There's arrows that are used for lighting fires, um, part of warfare. And each of those arrows has got different um, shape and some are longer, some are lighter, some are heavy duty. Some have got different uh, feathers on the end. Uh, some are designed to shoot a long distance and some are designed for more higher impact short distance use. But I believe each of us have different shapes and different sizes. And God is somehow reaching in to a, the arsenal of the spirit and he wants to stretch us, stretch us, stretch us and let us be released. And quite often in the church today, we've got all these people like arrows in the quivers just sitting in the church. They might be quivering. 
but mainly quivering out of frustration because they're not doing anything. And the prophetic word that Richard brought this morning is we've got to be released. We've got to be um, released into the world. It's part of the process. There's always going to be a developing um, in each of our lives. When I first went to Bible college, I thought I had it all together. And they said, please write an essay on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I thought, I've got this one covered. And, and it's like the steaming pen went out. And I wrote this essay and I'm thinking, that's pretty cool. That'll get an A plus at least. Um, and I got a good mark for it. But my limitation was fairly finite because I just wrote about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit in Corinthians. And that was good. It's better than just speaking in tongues. There was, I realized there was a whole portfolio of gifts. You know, and we look at those gifts. Um, there were gifts of utterance, gifts of revelation, and gifts of, gifts of power. Um, there was prophecy. There was tongues. There was interpretation. There was the gift of wisdom, gift of knowledge, discernment of spirits, gift of faith, gift of healing, gift of miracles. Whoa, who wants to move in the gift of miracles? Yeah? Who wants to be able to lay hands on sick people and see them recover? Of course, you know, let's not limit ourselves to speaking in tongues. That's good, but it's only the start. And I really believe as a church, part of the DNA that God is raising up isn't just a prophetic component tree, because the church is recognized as a prophetic church, but it's going to be a church of healing. And it's going to be a church of the miraculous. We're going to see incredibly sovereign things take place. Um, it happens when you go away. Somehow when you go away and minister overseas and to the nations, things just seem to accelerate. Exciting things. But we are seeing incredibly exciting things um, take place within the heart of this church. This week, uh, uh, James prayed for someone and with, with a cancerous situation. Health, healing. God did something sovereign. Whether that's a gift of healing or a miracle, I don't know. All I know is that God touched that person and they're whole now. You know, where they got the death sentence, there's life. God is raising. He, I believe, is actually putting into the heart of this church the gift of healing and miracles. Signs and wonders. Yay. Bring it on, Lord. Bring it on. It says this. In God's word, in Corinthians, he said, are we all apostles? You know, that's a gift. Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown tongues? Do we, do we all have the ability to interpret these unknown tongues? Of course not. But this is what it says. But you should earnestly desire the most helpful of these gifts. The key is desire these gifts. Who wants to have the gift of healing and the miracles and signs and wonders? Yeah, of course we do. This church is called Faith Point. I believe one of the gifts in the church is faith. You know, it's not just a, a brand, it's there for purpose. We're a missionary church. It's part of the pillars of who we are. We're getting more and more people released each year to do short-term missions. We're going to have people, long-term missionaries, some who's going to be doing church planting in um, Fiji. That's part of a missionary release from the church here. There's an incredible range of gifts that God gives his church. The gift of helps, 
the gift of service. When I first started getting saved, I didn't know about all these supernatural gifts, but all of a sudden I was actually serving and helping people repeatedly for year after year after year. Gift of hospitality. That was just automatically on who I was, but God was actually expanding the spiritual muscle of my life, the giftedness within my life. So it wasn't just the gift of helps and the gift of service and the gift of hospitality. He was also giving me the gift of teaching at that time. You know, it's like, I didn't expect it, but God just started to give it to me and I was growing progressively in that. The gift of leadership and the gift of administration and the gift of prophecy, words of knowledge. There was a season in my life where God was just giving me words of knowledge. I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I would have aches in my body and I'm thinking, never had that before. And normally it was on like on a Saturday night before Sunday services. And, you know, it was like, oh, haven't felt that before. There's a pain in my left knee. I wonder what that is. Oh, then I'm thinking rugby accident. It wasn't me. But then I was encouraged to write that word down. And I'd normally have two or three words. And Sunday morning, you'd step up and fear. You know, I just believe that someone's here with a problem with their knee. It was caused by a a rugby accident a number of years ago, you know, and the person would come forward. Pray for the person, stepping out in faith. Those words of knowledge, there was a season of that development. And there was this missionary gift in my life that was dormant. It was there, but never used. Somehow, around about 20 years ago, 18 years, 20 years ago, God just started to release this missionary thing in my life. It wasn't like go to Africa and live in Africa for the rest of my life. My role these days is actually mobilising missionaries. I pastor um, missionaries all the way around the world. Never wrote the job description, but I'm released into the nation. We were mobilising churches for mission and individuals for mission. Um, That's another story for another day. And all of a sudden this apostolicness started to rise, which I never understood until I did a a spiritual gift assignment. You know, you do these online um, assessments and it tells you your strengths and you think, oh, I'm a leader or I'm this or I'm that. Well, I had all this incredible, diverse, it's like a library full of books, all this giftedness that God had actually given me. But I was learning to understand the apostolic role within my life. Each of us, like pottery, plates or cups are all different. But there's a similarity within each of us. And I don't have the, the time this morning to be able to explain all these gifts. That's not the, the exercise, but you can study it in Romans 12 and Corinthians 12 and also Ephesians 4. There's gifts of poverty and missionary gifts and craftsmanship. There's gifts of worship. There's gifts of writing. You know, they're more natural gifts, but they're still gifts that God gives his church. The gift of wisdom. Who wants the gift of wisdom? You know, Solomon, one gift of wisdom changed so much for so many people. People, I believe, are going to come to our church because they just crave, not crave, they are on a quest wanting truth and relevancy. They've got problems in their life. They'll need wisdom to solve the situation that they're actually in. But each of these gifts doesn't happen overnight. I believe it's like the, the potter. There's this processing, there's this pressing, there's this watering, there's this kneading, there's this spinning, there's this molding, and then there's a fire. Because the ceramic things just don't sit there drying out. They go into a kiln. And I know many people, because I know your journeys currently, is that there's a fire going on. You know, why have I had this sickness? Why have I got this problem in my job? The fire of God's Spirit 
is burning off things. He's, he's doing a process so that the shaping will go on for eternity. Sadly, many pots have been sitting on the shelf, collecting dust, collecting cobwebs. And a lot of our churches and the nations of the world have limited the people in the congregations from doing things out of uh, insecurity, out of fear, out of ignorance or naivety. There's lots of people frustrated. God's created people. He's filled you. He's fashioned you. He's fired you. But you're still sitting on the shelf. And I want to tell you prophetically what's actually happening is God is reaching out by his hand and he's reaching into the shelves and the top shelves and he's bringing forward the vessels that have been stuck just getting dusty, not getting used. He's bringing them forward and there's a, the, the, the dust is getting blown off people's lives and there's a, there's a like, I'm going to use you. And people think, oh, that's impossible. But I tell you what, God has positioned you for a purpose. You know, as I look back in the, the journey through all these years, lots of prophetic words have come in and through me, visions and dreams and all sorts of things. But one of the most scary visions that I've actually had and I'll read it to you. And I don't often write down these words um, of prophetic uh, revelation. And these words are stenciled into my spirit because they're so clear. But I just want to read some of these things to you this morning as, I, as we look to close off. Maybe just shut your eyes. And the king called to his senior chef. And he instructed him to go into the kitchen and make full use of the resources and of the ingredients that had been provided. And the chef, re chef returned to his kitchen where there was a fully laden kitchen. Uh, the storage uh, larder was full to overflowing. So was the refrigerator. It was packed full with the best ingredients in the land, all in prime condition. And this was complemented by a stunning array of imported foodstuffs and spices, the very best of the land. And then the chef selected and utilised only a few items of the products that were on hand. The rest of the products were good, but they were ignored. And they were even pushed back out of the way. And this continued on um, repeatedly, day after day. Other ingredients, although they were in their prime, were still unused. They remained on the shelf. And as time went by, they were overlooked. The shelf life of many of these products continued to be reduced. And many were even expired. Some rotted, but some were still usable. And to the consternation and disappointment of the king, the chef was once called before the king. And he said, why is it that I put at your disposal all the very best produce of the land and you used only a small portion of what I gave you? Why is it that you fail to utilize all that I've given you? Much of what I prefer you simply ignore, and yet it's still not used. It, is, it now risks going bad and rots. Go back and redeem your time with what I give you. Now, I had that vision for probably every night, repeatedly for about a fortnight. Really powerful. And God was showing me clearly that people in the church were being unused. God had formed them, but they were being overlooked. We've got to use the gifts within the church wisely. We've got to intentionally deploy them. And I thought, well, that's heavy duty. 
But God was saying, hey, there's a little bit more. And so for the next two weeks, he started to give me other, other visions. It was a similar vision, and it was a very clear dream. I think it was a dream. It could have been a vision. I wasn't sure. I was, I was so mixed up with it all. The king walked in to the chef's kitchen again. This kitchen was fully appointed with all the best instrumentation and wonderful appliances. It looked wonderful. However, the king saw that the chef was only utilising one small paring knife, which very much limited his ability and his performance. Why is it that you waste what I've given you, says the king? Why do you continue to abuse the resources which I've placed into your hands? A pretty heavy word. But I believe, in the light of what Pastor James was sharing last week, that God is wanting to grow, use, and deploy the giftedness within the church. Why? Because God is going to give a bit of a playback of our life where there's going to be, well, what did you do with your time, your talents, your energy? The onus is on our shoulders. You know, earlier this year, I went into um, Borneo, West Kalimantan in Indonesia, and this guy at the top here is a guy called Pastor Mustakim, uh, intelligent man, um, but frustrated. He was on the shelf doing nothing while he was actually teaching Bible college students. But God had actually given him clear instructions to do something, and he'd been sitting on it for the last 10 years of his life. And I ended up not even planning to be there, but God said, I want you to stop, and I want you to have 24 hours in this town. And in the time I was there, I ended up um, speaking into his, uh, into his, uh, in his situation. And essentially what happened, God said, I want you to go and start churches, pioneer churches and plant churches. You've, you've been instructed to do it, but you haven't done it. Well, long story short, he went and did it. He started three churches over the last 18 months. This church here in the bottom, okay, back, uh, so... Um, this church at the bottom, um, I hadn't even planned to be there at the beginning of this year, and he said, can you come and speak in my church? This church in the jungles was full to overflowing. People couldn't sit in their pews. They were sitting on the porch at the front. They were sitting in the car parks. They were sitting out the back in the kitchen, what they call a kitchen, and out the back where there's a few pigs and chickens running around. And what an incredible honour and privilege to be able to stand in this church and share God's word. You know, this guy had responded, we play it forward, and there's this, this obedience, and God does some amazing things. Now, you know, they don't have large churches there because the communities um, aren't designed that way, but the whole village essentially is responding to that word. This is one of our church plants, church, Faith Point. It may not have Faith Point uh, embossed over the door. The pastor may not have a business card with Faith Point pr printed on it, but it's part of the partnership that we have as a church. It's about others, it's about missions, it's about releasing things in God. This next slide you'll see um, happened in um, March this year. We had all these pastors come in from Borneo. Some came five days in jet boats to come to where we were. And this represented around about 12 different large tribal groupings. And the Holy Spirit said, I want you to pray for people. It's like the axe, you know, for the empowerment from on on high because they'd been doing a lot of stuff under their own strength. And we broke out, and this is a, one of the groups of 12 people that we prayed for. These are the church planters that are going to go into the very, and actually living there already, in the very remote areas of the jungles of Borneo. They are the evangelists. They are the pastors. They are the teachers going in to establish and develop the church. These gifts 
have been sitting on the shelf, but God's saying, hey, I'm going to deploy you. This next slide here is just last week in um, Seattle, up in um, Washington State in in, um, America. Never planned to be there. At the beginning of last year, someone was prophesying in the church over me, and they said, Phil, you'll be going to America this year. And I thought, that's crazy. Why would anyone want to go to America? They all do that just because they want money. You know, people do the circuits and get a lot of, you know, money. Crazy. That'll be the last thing in my life I'll ever do, go to America. Long story short, this invitation and this thing with Pacific to Nations, which we're running, is this gone viral. And because um, we did it in South Auckland, they had around about 1,800, 2,000 people coming there. And all these island churches want to get involved with mission. This church in Seattle, um, or not Seattle, the churches of Seattle saying, we need this there. And so we had about 50 pastors saying, We've done church, we've built church upwards, but we've never gone outwards. Oops, we should be doing missions. How do we start? But it's like the hand of God is saying, Church of Seattle, I'm taking you off the shelf. I'm reaching out. I'm grabbing you. I'm bringing you to the forefront. I'm going to deploy you in an incredible way. And just as we close off this morning, Jung, you might want to jump on the keyboard. Don't jump on the keyboard, just be sensible there. Probably not insured. Two things. Two things. If you really want just to reach out and grab a new gift this morning, it might be prophetic. It might be the gift of wisdom, gift of helps, gift of hospitality. Maybe that scary thing called mission, the gift of missionary. I don't know. The Holy Spirit does because he knew, before, knew you before you were formed. We're going to have an altar call and we're going to pray that God just does the Holy Spirit stuff. And just like Paul with Timothy, laying on her hands and a gift somehow being released. Or you might have a gift in your life that has been sitting dormant and it has got to be stirred up. You've worked with it before, but it seems to have been underutilized. It's like the fishing rod needs to get out and be used again. Love to pray for you. But more importantly, the most, and I read the Bible all the time, but the most important thing is the gift of life. Each of us are born and God has given us life for a reason. And that's important. And we value the uniqueness of each life that is here. But the most important gift is the gift of salvation. They call it being born again. We're going to stand before God one day and He's going to say, well, do you know me? And unfortunately, many, many people will never say, I did. They might have been given the opportunity, but they rejected that invitation to come to Him. Now, I really hope and pray that each person here today is saved. They've been born again. You've been born again. But maybe you could just drop your heads and... uh, This is not heavy duty. I'm just being simple. This morning, if you've never given your heart to the Lord, and we've been talking about God and eternity and all these gifts, and you recognize you're on this planet and God has given you life and He's given you breath, but you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Savior of our world. If that's you, maybe you could just catch my attention, lift up your head. Wave your hand. 